Welcome along, everyone, to a new Give to Local podcast. You've seen what I've done there, Joe. Yeah, I like it. What I've I liked done. it. <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted to have this guy on. Uh, he's 10 and 0 since turning pro. Uh, there's a big future ahead of him. Would you please put your hands together, our special guest on the Give to Local podcast today, Joe Mafosa. Joe, welcome along to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. No, thank, thank you for having me on, Justin. Um, I'm, you know, I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on. You're looking very sharp, and there's probably a reason for that, because in uh, the not-too-distant future, there's a pretty big fight on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm only two days out now till my next uh, my next professional fight, so... I'm heading for the English Super Flyweight title on Friday, and I'm really looking forward to bringing it home and, you know, bringing that belt, bringing that belt back to Teesside. So, give us an idea who you're facing and what do you know about him. So, I'll be boxing Craig Derbyshire. He's a former English champion himself from Doncaster, so he's he's very experienced in the game. Um, I've boxed him before actually in Newcastle in 2017. Um, I beat him over four rounds, but this is a completely different fight now. This is a championship contest. You know, this is over ten round distance, so um, he he'll be ready. I'm ready, and I'm just looking forward to it. How, how do you, I mean? We'll, we'll we'll talk about your career and growing up very very shortly. But it always intrigues me with a boxer. Having done a bit of charity boxing myself once, and I remember getting lulled into it, thinking it was a great idea, and then when the bell goes. And there's only you and your opponent stood in the ring. It seems like, or it felt like to me, a very, very lonely place. How does it feel for a professional? Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. You know, as soon as, as soon as the bell does go, you know, it's just you and your opponent. That's it. Your, your coaches can't help you. Your friends can't help you. Managers, whoever on the outside, the fans, they can't help you. It's just you and the opponent. And you know what? It's a, it is a lonely spot, but. But we love it. Do you hear anything that goes on around the ring? Because obviously, at, at some big fights, we get you, you get a crowd, you get a, an uplift when there's a big shot landed. Do you hear any of that? Do you take any of that in, or are you just so focused at that particular moment that you don't really know what's going on around you? Yeah. So for me, I always just try and stay focused on on my opponent. Always stay switched on to what he's doing. Keep keep reactive to to his little movements. Um, but at the end of the day, my coach's voice, I always hear him in the background just just because he'll be he'll be hearing instructions now and then, you know, um, telling me when to go, telling me when to move. So I, I'm, I'm very tuned into my coach's voice, but that's about it, really. Everyone else is, you know, I mean, the fans shouting and everything. You, try, you have to try and block that out. It's a lot more than jumping in the ring, though, isn't it? And, and, and trying to deck your opponent, I suppose, for want of a better expression. The tactics and the planning... And, and everything that goes into a, a, a boxing bat, particularly at your level, it, it, there is weeks, months worth of planning goes into it. Oh, it's 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 a long training camp. You know, what I mean, you might be you might be in camp for like twelve weeks, for fourteen weeks, um, continuously drilling the techniques, um, drilling the game plan over and over again with your coach in the sparring or on the bags, on the pads. You know that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Um, just for that 30 minutes or that 36 minutes, you know, 12 round contest. So um, the fans and everyone else, they don't see that side, but it's a, it's a grueling spot. And and let's take you through your, your career so far. You were born in Zimbabwe, 
I gather, uh, and and came over when you were a, a, a lot younger. Do you remember much? I think were you nine? I think when you came across. Do you remember much about your nine years there? Yeah, I was around about around about that age, eight eight years old, nine years old. Um, I was just just a, a wild kid, really, just just you know out, out and about with my friends, um, just just doing what every every kid at that age does, you know, playing football, um, running around. Um, me, me and my two brothers. We used to we used to love just just hanging out really, um, and then we we made the move to England in two thousand and two, purely because my dad just wanted a better life for for his family. You know, he got a job over this side, and luckily enough, he managed to get um, all of us over because life life in Zimbabwe at that time it was getting worse and worse with government and and um, like um, with the wars and stuff like that going on. So it was the perfect time for us to move over. I would imagine you you were pretty proud of your dad because that would have been a, a, a quite a big task to try and undertake. Obviously, wanting what's best for for the entire family, but to make that trip, make that journey, make that leap must have been really tough. Oh, definitely. Um, we, we owe him a lot, you know. My dad he, he he worked so hard. He used to have two jobs. He was a maths teacher during the day, and then he'd come home quickly, and then he'd go he'd go back out for his second job where he was a. Um, I think he used to do some sort of drawings or something like that, architecture, something like that. Um, so he worked, he worked really hard just to make sure he put food on the table and to make sure that his family are, uh, are well. And has that transferred its way down to you? Because I don't suppose there's any other sport where you've got to work quite as hard as you do in boxing. Definitely, definitely. I can say I've I've taken some of them trades that he, he's shown and you know I'm using it in, in my own my own journey now, should I say? How did you? How did you find school coming over? Because I think going to any new schools a toughie for anybody. But coming from a different country to suddenly find yourself in in Teesside, how did you find that? Yeah, you know, at first I was I was very shy. I was very shy. You know, in back home in Zimbabwe, we didn't speak much English. We didn't learn much English in the schools. It was very basic, like um, "Hello, how are you? Thank you." That sort of thing. So when I came over here, and then you know I'm hearing all all these words being thrown at me, and you know people speaking in um in in Teesside accent, it was it was difficult, you know, just understanding them. <laughs> it was it was difficult <laughs> at first, but then you know as a as a young kid, you you sort of you learn fast, don't you? You know you're around other kids and just picking up things. I was in the sat in the back of the classroom, and I could just hear people from far away just chatting away. Oh, yeah, there's a new kid here from Africa. This this and that and you just learn things on the go and you know you pick things up I suppose I mean I, I, I'm not a, a northeast uh, resident well I, I do live here now but I'm not originally from here but I think if there's one part of the UK you're going to move to the northeast is a great part if you want to feel welcome yeah <laughs> oh too right too right what about your boxing interest where did that start were you always destined to be a boxer did you have any other sporting interests no, no. Um, with boxing, I didn't, I didn't know anything really much about boxing when I was, especially when I was back home. Um, my my dad and his friends used to stay up for the big fights, like Mike Tyson fights and everything like that. But with boxing for myself, I didn't didn't know nothing about it until obviously I came to the UK, and um, I decided to to join a boxer size class one time, just purely for for fitness, really fitness reasons, just to maybe toughen myself up as well. And I just just really enjoyed it from day one. I just clicked like that, um, with the coaches. I really loved the um, the technique they were showing me. I really loved the fitness side of it. You know, 
I really loved getting in there and sparring, getting the head guard on, and and it just took off from there. And once the coaches seen that um, I had uh, some talent, some talent, I was quite talented at the sport. They sort of sent me over to a amateur boxing club, a registered amateur boxing club, which was Middlesbrough ABC at the time, and things just took off from there. I never looked back since. I suppose doing that helps when you've got brothers as well, doesn't it? Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> we used to have wars, and I was the I was the middle child, so I used to get picked on quite a bit. <laughs> I needed to learn how to fight. So once you started boxing and all that stopped, then he kind of thought, oh, no, we'll give, we'll give Joe a miss now. He's too good. Oh, it, it definitely calmed down. <laughs> it definitely calmed down. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fantastic for that con- controlled aggression, isn't it? It teaches you a, a lot about discipline and, and everything else that comes with it. You can't just walk in and, and, and expect the expect to carry on being a bit of a wild child, I suppose. You've got to hone it, you've got to concentrate, and you've got to really get those skills down to a fine art. Oh, 100%. I think boxing is one of the, the best sports out there for teaching you. Um, them, them skills, like you said, just having that discipline to think, right, okay, I, I need to get my bags now. I need to go to the gym. I can't be going out and messing about with my friends outside um you know, I mean, with my mates outside, just doing daft things. It's time to go to the gym now, and it's it's that that respect that you you sort of learn as well. You know, you, you have to listen to your coaches and take on board what they're telling you. A lot of the time, we talk how, about how boxers have to dig deep because I mean, ten rounds, three minute rounds is is an incredible ask physically. Um, when you get to a stage where you're feeling yourself starting to tire a little bit, how do you keep yourself going? How do you keep yourself motivated? What pushes you? I think when it gets to that point, you you have to have sort of um, like a burning desire. You have to have something that you're you're, you're fighting for, you know, in in your heart and in your head. Um, for me, there's always things like like family. You know, I always start thinking about my family, and my my children, and what life I sort of want for them. You know, I'm doing it for them. And things like that just motivate me to just you know keep keep going and give me more energy to keep fighting. And obviously, there's also I, w- I want to be successful in, in the sport. You know, I want to be I want to be number one. I want to be the best. So um, it's a, it's them sort of things that give you that fuel to just keep going. How far away are you? If if your path's clear and you, and 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 you progress how you want to progress, how long before we hear? And I joked at the start, but I've got a funny feeling it might be on the way. And the new, you, you know what? Um, I'm not far off. I'm not far off at all now. I'm gonna be English champion by by Friday, hundred percent. I like that. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win that title, and and it's onwards and upwards from there. You're, I think you're with Frank Warren as well. I mean, there's, I suppose he, there's nothing he doesn't know about boxing, Joe. So if you're gonna be with a stable. He's one of the stables to be. Do you speak much with Frank? Does he give you guidance and and whatnot? Yeah, so with um, with Frank Warren, I was originally signed to Frank Warren and BT Sport in my first um, three years of my career, but now I've I've um, jumped ship and I'm with MTK Global now, and uh, Phil ah, Jeffries from cool. the Northeast, so um, they're managing my career now. You know, they're they're a massive platform. They've got they've got big names on on their books like Tyson Fury, you know, um, number one heavyweight champion of the world. You know, what I mean, they've got Josh Taylor, Billy Joe Saunders, they've got big big names and they're managing me going forward now so um, my career is in good hands Who do you most admire on the boxing circuit either past or present? Um, I can say definitely Floyd Mayover is one of my one of my idols coming up 
I used to watch a lot of videos of Floyd Mayweather. Um, I used to watch a lot of videos of the likes of Roy Jones Jr., um, Bernard Hopkins, all the all the big American stars. Not just that, um, Joe Calzaghe. I used to love watching him as well. You know, really fast hands. He was the he was the um, hand speed of the fighters that really sort of got me interested in the game. You know, I used to love anyone with quick hands. I used to just love watching them. Um, Amir Khan, when he was an amateur, I used to love watching him. And when he turned pro, um, so yeah, there were some of the names that I've sort of looked up to really coming up. A lot of boxers I've spoken to before, Joel, I'll, I'll talk about that. During the, during the fight, they don't really feel pain. It's more thuds and noises than anything else because of the adrenaline. Is that something you found or do you find the deeper you get into a fight that it does start to ting just a little bit? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I understand where, where, where they're coming from with that because you're so fired up and you're so revved up and you know the adrenaline is pumping. All, all you want to do is just... just give it back you know you'll take you'll take a punch just to give two back so but there is times where you do get caught with a with a nice body shot or <laughs> something like that and you do feel it so you know it, it is the hair business and when people start wearing those eight ounce gloves you know what i mean you're you're going to feel the punches and in terms of your opponents who you could potentially come up against now um who's the most dangerous who's the one who you've really got to get your a game together to make sure you beat them yeah, so on the on the flyweight scene at the moment, um, there's some good champions out there. There's the likes of uh, Martinez from Mexico. I think he's ranked number one um, in the flyweight in the world. He, he's a really good fighter. He's beaten he's beaten a few of the um, British guys now. Um, there's obviously Sonny Edwards, who's an IBF champion from Sheffield. He's another really skillful fighter that I know from the amateur days. Um, there's there's a few guys from like Japan and stuff like that, so it's a, it's an interesting division to be honest. The South American fighters always seem to be kind of hard as nails when it comes to skin. You never seem to see a, a Mexican fighter, particularly or South American, cut very easy. I mean that as a boxer must be tough to to deal with when you it, it, it just they seem so tough. Oh yeah, they they they're really tough to be honest. Um, they breathe them well um, over that side. You know, they, especially the Mexican fighters, they they've got a great history in boxing, and I think it's just it's just like it's bred in them, isn't it? Really, they they they're really tough guys. Have you got a walkout theme, or do you change it? I I like to mix it up. I like to mix it up. Um, anything that sort of gets me going, anything that sort of gets me pumped up, a little bit of hard R and B, you know, um, anything like that, really. But I do like to to mix it up here and there. Um, and what about training? How often do you train? How hard is it? And how much do you do? What's 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 your kind of general week look and sound like? So at the moment now we're, we've been in training camp for the last seven weeks now. Um, what we generally do is we'd we'd mix up. So we'd we'd train twice a day, uh, roughly around two hours each each session. So let's say on the morning I'll I'll go and do my my run. Maybe I do about six miles or something like that, or maybe do even longer, seven, eight miles. Um, then I'd, I'd go home, have my breakfast and stuff, relax for the day, and then I'll be back in the gym on the night time with my coach where we do some focus pad work. Or maybe the next day we'll, we'll mix it up again. We'll go and do my strength and conditioning, you know, lifting weights, flipping tires, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, you've got your, your sparring in there. You've got your, your hill sprints. Um, this camp we've introduced swimming into the fitness as well so 
there's a lot that we do to be honest but generally it's normally two sessions a day um, about two hours each session is there any element of the the training you hate um i'd say the hill sprints definitely hill sprints there they just wipe you out man i, f- I feel sick after them <laughs> uh, but they're, they're just too hard they're just too hard it's it's fantastic for stamina though isn't it apparently uh just to kind of build your cardio boost up i suppose uh when it comes to stam- stamina they're absolutely outstanding for that with a hit i suppose it's a form of hit training joe is it oh definitely definitely yeah it builds your stamina it builds your power because you're constantly driving 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 towards that in- uh, incline you know we only generally do them for about no more than let's say a minute you know running as fast as you can uphill for a minute then walking down, rest and recover, Do, doing that about maybe about eight to ten reps, and then that's the session done. But you feel it after maybe two or three days, you're still feeling it in your legs, so it's, it gets difficult. <laughs> so are you out and about on the streets in, in Middlesbrough and Teesside? Are people likely to see you out training? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm always um, out and about doing my runs, doing my road work, um, out and about in the in the gyms, you know the leisure gyms where I go swimming and stuff like that. Um, people see me all the time, you know. I mean, they'll, they'll they'll wave, they'll beep at me when I'm when I'm jogging. That that's always a good one, actually. When someone sees you while you're jogging, you know, it gives you a bit of uh, inspiration. And what about have you have you imagined that moment just yet when when the inevitable happens and you get the and the new because you're so focused, you're so intent, you know exactly where you want to go. You must have seen that little movie in your mind where suddenly someone thrusts that belt around you and you're world champion. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think about it most nights, really. Try to just <laughs> envision that that future, you know. Just envision that moment happening, and you know it's it's going to come. It's going to come for me. I just need to keep working hard, keep listening to the good people I've got around me, and uh, everything will fall into place. Because that must be a really important side of training, of your, your general well-being, just having that positive mindset and, and, and having positive thoughts the whole time, particularly in, in the time that we've just had, Joe, across the UK with the pandemic and everything. Staying in that mindset, I suppose, is vital for you. 100%, 100%. Um, you know, you can't, you can't look at the negatives because that's just going to bring you down. You know, you're not going to be motivated then. you just got to think, stay positive, you know, think good stuff and just visualize what what you want to happen and you know what i mean god god willing everything will will plan out um the way that it's it's meant to how does your diet work have you got to be very careful in the the training camps yeah i'm sick sick of dieting now i'm sick of the chicken salads and and the boiled <laughs> eggs to be honest <laughs> especially at, at this this stage in camp because i'm getting weighed tomorrow you see so there's not much not much food on the on the menu for me today <laughs> which is which is 100 percent. i'd say you know every boxer will say dieting and cutting weight is probably the worst bit about the sport you know it's just you're you're deprived of all the things that all the good things that you like you know what i mean all all the chocolate i haven't had chocolate for for so long now so after this fight i'm gonna i'm gonna relax a little bit for a week hopefully my coach gives me that time off and just enjoy some good food so, I mean, in the run-up to the fight, you've obviously got to make the weight in any case, but your body's screaming out for fuel because of all the training that you're doing. I mean, that must be quite tough to deal with. Yeah, yeah, definitely it is. Um, it's it's more or less just about doing it right, to be honest. Um, 
when you when you've got a decent time frame and you you're sort of staying in the gym on a regular anyways your body shouldn't your body weight shouldn't go up too high so you're always at a level where you can still have your food you can still have your good energy foods and not deprive yourself of too much energy so you're just doing steady cuts along the way steady cuts where you're not feeling too too bad bad on the way to be honest um it's when people get it wrong and they're sort of they're not very dedicated and they're not very you know they, they don't do it right so that's when it becomes difficult do you have a pre-fight meal um yeah we, we tend to go to a, a health a health deli in 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 an area called norton just not far from from where we live so we'll get like a, a butter bowl it'd be some sweet potatoes in there like some avocados maybe some chicken or or a little bit of steak something like that really just to to give me a bit of that that boost that energy boost that i need and what about when you, you talk about after a fight, you get to kind of indulge it a little bit more. What's the first chocolate bar you eat? Um, I'd say it's definitely dairy milk. It has to be, has to be just, just the normal standard dairy milk for me. Normal dairy milk. <laughs> yeah, maybe a, a chicken parmesan as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is from, sure. from Teesside. That, that's on the menu, 100%. There's a, there's a few decent restaurants near, near, near me, so I'll be paying them a visit after this. We're obviously at Give to Local, we're all about kind of helping to fund um, grassroots sports clubs. I mean, what, what are the challenges that boxing clubs face? Is it similar to football, cricket and everything else? Sustainable funding is, is vital because some of the, these, getting the money from somewhere is, is, is really tough. Yeah, it, it is, to be honest. You know, you need, you need money for a lot of things just to, just to keep the lights on. You know what I mean for 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 these clubs. Um, you need obviously you need all your equipment. You need your your bags. You need your boxing gloves for the kids. You know you need you need like a proper rings for them to to practice in. All that stuff adds up and it's expensive. Um, the the subs that the kids may be paying. You know on a every time they come for a session, it's just not enough to to cover those things. And I think with with the project that you've got going on, hopefully more people will start to donate and these clubs will get more funding because we i mean we talk about world champions we love it when when it's we're on sky and bt and box office and everything but those world champions have to come from somewhere and that needs to be funded at, at some kind of level during um the build-up and the, the the training period so it's vital i suppose isn't it and you'll see that firsthand just how much money these clubs go through like you say just to put the lights on yeah, it's 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 important to be honest because otherwise there's ta talented kids out there that might not get the opportunity to to practice the craft. You know what I mean? They they might they might miss that that chance. Whereas if they they had all the equipment and they had access to the gyms and everything that they need to go and practice and train, you know, they they could be they could be world champions in the future, like you said. I'm trying to think of a boxing pun that would be the equivalent of a thumbs up for Give to Local for what it does. And a knockout doesn't really seem to do it kind of justice. So I'll just say, well, we'll give it a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that will do. I think that will do. <laughs> right, listen, Joe, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I, I, I think it's really exciting what your career path uh, has, has got mapped out. We wish you all the very best for your, for your English title fight. Um, I am looking forward to the day we hear and the new because that'll be uh, that'll be fantastic. It'll be great to put um, another boxer on the map in the UK as well. So 
for Friday, we wish you all the very best. But for the rest of your career, um, we look forward to that world title at some point, mate, because I'm sure if, if it's anything to go by and your attitude to training and everything else, uh, it'll happen. So thanks for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure and good luck. No, thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you for having me on and all the best to you as well. Cheers for that. Thank you very much.